Hey everybody, welcome to the Painter Files Podcast. I am your host, Joar Blake, as you already know. It's been a crazy-ass week, guys. Crazy, 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 crazy. But good. Ended well. You'll see. So... I'm working on the book, and everything's going fine. I've got all the photos I need. I've got to paint some stuff. I love painting, so that's not an issue. But then there's the writing aspect. The writing aspect, although being helped largely by Len as an editor, I'm so not good at. (laughs) I'm just, I don't know, I struggle with it. I really do. Like I can go on and on like this. But to write things down and really kind of capture the energy I'm trying to put out is kind of hard. Like, it's it's just not one of those things I, I do. I mean, it was really a struggle for a long time for me to even do this, honestly. I'm kind of a... I know it's hard to believe, but I'm, I'm mostly a pretty quiet person. So, a lot of this has been kind of, I don't know, it gets me out of my box, and I think I need to be out of my box, but it's definitely not easy, though. I, I look at people who do this so simply with such reverence, because I, I don't know how they manage to pull it all together. I'm kind of just walking in the dark right now hoping that I'm going to get in the direction I'm trying to go. But it's coming along, honestly. I feel like I've got another maybe two to five pages worth of writing to do, and then I'm done. And then I can just start putting it all together. And then I just gotta scan everything and get going. Because my plan is to take the photos, go to a Kodak place, like a Rite Aid or a drugstore, print them out as actual photos, and then to paste them onto sheets of paper, and then do the writings around them. And I know that sounds crazy, because, you know, it's a book, and I don't need to do that, but that's kind of the feeling I want this to have, in some ways. I want it to feel like it's more of a scrapbook, Then just like, I downloaded a program, I posted a bunch of photos into it, I did a little bit of writing via some text manual, and then I was done. I feel like there's so much that has to go into this that's got to make it more kind of homemade. I want it to feel like, like handmade edibles, I guess pick it up, try it, you know, this is a cookie, and then several hours later, you are stoned with creativity for the next three days, and you don't understand how exactly it happened. You were waiting for it to kick in, and it kicked in, and it was just like, wow, that is insane. Yes, I used a a drug uh, (laughs) analogy for this. Um, No, I want that to feel that way. There's this quote from Dali 
that said, uh, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. I've always loved that quote. I don't, I don't see how that exactly worked because most of us, by far, have something we do to deal with pain and pleasure blockage sickness and all that stuff so it's always funny the whole drug thing and artist because like I feel that I know people who like they don't take anything and I mean like anything they don't even take like ibuprofen uh, because they're they're so like gung-ho drug free that they, they suffer and they feel like the suffering is a part of their art form and I don't know if I believe that honestly I feel like I've had, like, the ultimate, like, wake up in the morning, you don't want to live for years feeling. And then I've also had the, this is a really nice day, and I can't wait to have breakfast, and walk the dog, and take photos, and kiss Alec, and just feel that first moment where you're, like, awake and alive and warm just laying in bed where you don't want to get out of bed because it's so comfortable where you're like you're asking yourself imaginarily I'm going to give you five more minutes and you're like no I don't want to get up this isn't my life I need to I've I've decided to work from home from now on and you're like I'm not going to be able to do this it's just I I feel like you get better quality out of the whole enjoying the richness of of living then you do the the deep guttural, like, sad heart artist thing. I was talking to a friend of mine, MJ, online, and she was talking about how she... Well, actually, no, MJ's podcast. And uh, I was... I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's like Letting the Ink Dry or something like that. And in that they were talking about how like they went into a college class the professor looks at everybody and says, I don't want anybody to dress like an artist when they come in here I want you to dress like a human being and it made me laugh because I knew so many artists who came in with like these paint smocks when they came in and these weird little hats and little manicured mustaches and torn up black stockings with shorts over them it was very 90s <laughs> um yeah, but it was this whole kind of like, this is what an artist looks like. Let me have my fastly pointed goatee and, you know, paint on the shoes and all that stuff. And it was just funny because, like, a lot of us didn't, I know I know that's like the look of an artist, but like, a lot of us didn't really think about it. Like, those were just our clothes. Like, you spend all your money on supplies and whatnot. You don't really think about, you know... Like, you wear, you wear clean clothes, preferably, but you're definitely living in, you know, long johns, under jeans, with a t-shirt, and there may be paint on some of those objects. A comfortable pair of shoes you can stand in for a while, because you're going to be painting all day. Uh, maybe some type of hoodie if you get cold easily, or cardigan in some cases, even a sweater. Uh... Not a lot of artists I know who aren't married wear rings. Uh, other than the ones who are like trying to look really cool. <laughs> the Johnny Depp 13 necklaces and five rings and 17 bracelets and stuff. And 
it, it always made me laugh that the, the eyeliner and all that stuff it always made me kind of laugh because I was like that is a lot of preparation to look like you didn't mean to look like you dressed up it was always kind of funny to me these intricately I remember this one girl who had this like intricately like braided hair that she would have and I mean it looked like it was like some Mayan knot project type of thing and then, yeah, she just wear, like, you know, Hello Kitty sweater over a pair of tights. <laughs> and it was always kind of interesting to me because she was such a... She had this very, like, kind of anime in North Carolina look. I don't know if that's really a great description. <laughs> it kind of had, like, a, a, a anime redneck vibe to it. It was interesting. It was it was a clash of cultures you did not expect. But that's kind of what I liked about everything. It was you met all these different types of folks. I mean, Georgia, New York, Tennessee, Charlotte, DC, everything. It was just kind of weird. And then inevitably, you know, for the person who had like the giant workman's tool set in the back of their pickup truck. They had the, you know, full of brushes and stuff with padlocks and literally thousands of dollars worth of art supplies. And then, you know, a Don't Tread On Me sticker on the back of it. It was very... (laughs) It wasn't exactly what you expected. Like, you don't expect someone who... I guess that's kind of the funny thing about these stereotypes. Like, they don't really reflect the people as well as people want them to reflect. Because, I mean, yeah, you don't think, like, skeet shooting and then someone who paints still lives I guess well maybe you do actually I don't know and then photography I mean god so many of us have become these photographers I was listening to the uh, Kodak podcast and this guy said this line that just stuck with me for the rest of this week the rest of last week really Uh, he said a great photographer can take a great shot and then do it again not just like take a bunch of shots and then some of them are good and some of them are awful like they can take multiple good shots on like purposely I feel like some of my shots are really good I don't know that all of my shots are but I feel like some of my shots are really good I've got my digital camera which is like this little uh, like Kodak not Kodak uh, Canon camera one shot Canon and then I want to get something with like a, that I can put different lenses on so I can change them so I can get different type of kind of beautiful shots going. And then my, uh, my iPhone, honestly. I've done a lot with my iPhone just because of all the apps and stuff. It's a little easier sometimes to even do my editing with my phone apps than it is with my computer photo apps. There's something about... There's there's a less of a learning curve, I guess. So... And then I'm just reading. I'm trying to read 10 minutes... Like... Uh, every three days, at least. Like, consecutively sit... That doesn't sound like a lot. Um, I'm trying to sit down... And stop everything for 10 minutes. Sit in a chair in a quiet room... And just go through... Just read books. I've got all these books I've, I've picked up throughout the years... That I've never gotten to really read and I know about them and I've always been excited to read them 
but when you paint as much as I do, you don't really have time for anything else. So, yeah, I'm just trying to kind of do that. And it's working out. I mean, I've, I've set a lot of timers. I've got the... I've got the photograph timer, take three a day. I'm starting to figure out that I need to just take them throughout the day as opposed to three in the morning. Uh, Because I'm I'm liking some of the ideas I'm getting on shots throughout the day. And then uh, there's the reading one. And then I'm trying to get it so it's once a day, but it's it's very hard for me to do once a day, uh, time-wise. And then the last one is to just try and work on the book just a little bit each day. Even if it's just take a bunch of photos I took and then figure out how I want to set them up or draw out the pages the way I want them to look and then just, you know, composition stuff. How I want to figure out, looking at fonts, trying to figure out how I want to draw the font for all the lettering in the book. It's very interesting. Like, it's not... It's not exactly how I thought everything was going to go, but I kind of love that it's... It's outstretching beyond my original ideas. It's growing, building itself. It's kind of cool. So I just read this article about uh, burnout culture in the New Yorker. I'm sorry, not the New Yorker, New York Times. And it's kind of honestly true. Like, this generation is a little... We're told to just work till we're dead. It's like a weird thing where you feel guilty if you stop because you have to stop. You know what I mean? Like, I've... I can't think of how many times I've taken, like, an actual day off and just sat around and not really done anything. And I've felt so guilty about it. Like I wasted, like I'm not going to have that time in my life anymore. It's crazy. They've pushed this whole kind of image on us that, you know, you have to just keep working and working and working until your eyes bleed. And then like, that's what you're, there's nothing accomplished by it. Climbing this giant ladder to paint this huge painting that's gonna just be taken down in a week you know like it's not even about the quality anymore it's about the you just worked really hard and so like that should be the reward it's it's kind of crazy i feel like we're brainwashed a little bit it's it's just nuts (laughs) it's a good article if you get a chance read it um beyond that So, uh, I was contacted today, which I was not prepared for, (laughs) because it's me. Um, I actually have a show in February. I forgot I had a show in February. Um, yeah, I'm putting some work up at this, like, clinic. This person has, like, a big space, and they're, they're gonna have a bunch of, they want me to put a bunch of paintings up, so... I guess I'll be doing that. I gotta set it all up. Uh, It's in Frederick, which is a couple hours from where I live. But it should be good. I mean, I'm excited to make something and do something. Might even sell some work. Who knows? But I'm kind of brain-tired about it. (laughs) 
I've been thinking uh, since since being contacted about it. I've been thinking about what I'm going to hang and how big of the pieces I'm going to even be able to actually put up there. So that should be interesting. Typically, my pieces, my new pieces, are all so large that you know it doesn't really allow me to hang place, hang stuff everywhere. Uh, which I guess is kind of a fallout of making such big work, but. I don't know, man. I just, I stopped. Here's the, here's my message to the young artist. I stopped making work on the idea that one day it was going to end up somewhere. I made it because I wanted to make it, and so it was made. That is the purpose. That is the point. That is the reason. If you're doing it for any other reason than just you want to make it and it's really good and you feel very compelled to make it, you're probably not going to finish it. Or you're not going to feel as moved by it. It's so funny because I think a lot of people don't seem to realize that like not about being moved by what you make is more important than continuously making. And that's a lesson it took me a long time to catch on to. Like I was under the impression that if I just worked night in, night out, got sick, died felt horrible and it was awful that suddenly I was working at the right speed that I needed to I needed to be constantly sick and constantly falling apart and that's crazy like you you have to find that medium you have to find that way to just live and create and continue to live and create you can't just be miserable in the in the weirdness of all of it in this kind of endless loop of crazy kind of non-contempt wildness we are these beautiful amazing artists and we make this amazing work that changes the whole world i can promise you the person who thought uh, who made the venus de milo did not intend for it to sit out through times with its arms off they had a passion and they spent a long time making it. And it has persisted through time. There's just something incredible about that. <laughs> I've been thinking of these weird phrases that no one says to end sentences with to fuck with people. <laughs> because why not? from my lips to your ear holes and so on and so forth just nonsense but fun nonsense and then there's you know just ink so much ink oh my god I've been mixing and matching and making stuff and I bought some white ink and like I don't love the white ink but I see the purpose of it it works a little better sometimes than even using uh, white paint actually so that's kind of funny hmm. but it's it's coming together though it's kind of crazy it's that weird factor in which you just come together to make a painting pop and go for it hmm. you know so anyways what have you guys been up to like what are you doing Gladys what are you 
What are you what are you focusing on? What are you writing? What are you drawing? What are you watching? What are you doing? Like I love hearing about these things and having little discussions with you guys. So uh, when you hear this, by all means, please let me know. I, I, I feel compelled and inspired sometimes by your projects. Even if it's just baking. Like baking can be interesting. <laughs> I've been picking up all these birthday and holiday cards and stuff recently. I'm becoming my mother. Uh, where I get these cards and I'm pulling out the bag right now. I get these cards and they're not particularly for anyone right now, but they will be. I keep buying this one card over and over again. It's just sardines in a can. It says main squeeze sardines, best friends forever. <laughs> and it's like this weird little gouache painting of like sardines in a can. And I love it. Another one is uh, you're the Shih Tzu, which is like a watercolor painting of a Shih Tzu. A friend has a Shih Tzu and her birthday's coming up. Uh, so don't be surprised when you get that card. Um, and there's another one that's a fox hugging a badger, and they're both in human clothes. And it says, I just love you. I keep thinking about making cards. My mother told me to make some bereavement cards for people who lose pets. And then I saw some yesterday. And it was just like an empty dog bed. And then like a toy. And then it said, I'm very sorry for your loss. And I was like, wow. Like it almost brought me a little to tears. Maybe think of Goose. And it was just this really kind of amazing image. Because it's the truth. Like these things happen and then there's the inevitable kind of cleaning of your house so I guess one day when I figure out how to just kind of take that feeling and then make it into something maybe I'll make a card and I'll put it on my art store and it'll lose all meaning (laughs) it's something weird about making like a really emotional beautiful piece and then make and then mass producing it to sell it. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't have that soul, that taste, that fluidity, that beautiful thing to it. The the struggle of selling art in the time span of making art. It's very weird. I still just like make my popsicle cards though. I love you. I miss you. You're wonderful stick together, you know, stuff like that. I should probably promote those because it's almost Valentine's Day or February and do those. I think those would be cool. I did those last year. I gotta push those. Hmm. It's weird how this totally turns into like a conversation I'm having by myself, but also to you and with you. We're crazy. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm... I'm traversing the the wilds of my mind. And I like it. I do. Now, also, so that you know, the thing that I'm working on currently, right this moment, uh, is the giant painting where I'm doing this girl and it's got like a little, it's got a little painting taped off with a little kind of 
niche paint tape painting tape that I picked up at this little store of like flowers and and herbs and I've kind of ripped it off like a little frame inside of it and then I used a bunch of painter's tape to actually uh, cut off little weird patterns and textures in the painting and then I painted this whole thing on top of it and I'm going to keep adding and going back and doing all these things but it's very interesting because it's like a relief painting like I've taken all these pieces off and now there's just these gaps that nothing touched and it's really beautiful to me it's crazy how just the simple action of not painting on something after you do so much as far as textures and making changes like everything it's kind of cool honestly I think it's gonna be really beautiful it's this woman and she's like closing her jacket she has like shorts or no she has a swimsuit on like a one piece or a leotard I don't know what they're called and uh, long socks long um like baseball socks i can't remember what they're called and it's just this very kind of interesting uh removal of the pieces of tape that are kind of letting you in pat in mm, it's almost like an open door but to a person you know it's just interesting i i imagine it being like decorating a door that's half open yeah, I think that makes sense. If it doesn't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. There's something really amazing about that. So, yeah. That's what I'm working on. Now, my war with Tumblr has continued. Uh, Tumblr recently, for those who don't know, decided to pass a rule that said that all uh, female presenting nipples are banned. That includes art and otherwise. They're, they were bought by Verizon a couple years ago, and then Verizon has decided that anything involving any type of sexuality or nudity stuff is no longer allowed on Tumblr. This includes art also, not just porn. But um, On one hand, I know why they did it. They're trying to sell ad space on their platform, for dumb things that no one on Tumblr is going to buy. Um, But it was such a free space where people had, like, all these different weird little things that they were doing. And now they've kind of grabbed it, everything by, like, the short hairs, so to speak. And they just keep flagging all these random things. And some of these things are not in any way anything like that. It's very strange. They're not any type of adult content. It's just they have an algorithm and it's flagging random, nonsensical, whatever. You can take a picture of your finger and if it if the algorithm thinks your finger looks like, I guess, a breast or something, uh, it's flagged. And then you have to protest it and do all this stuff. So I'm still posting and I still have the secret Tumblr for my patreon uh five bucks and over so we're still doing it we're still going i'm fighting tumblr constantly because for some reason everything gets flagged 
I have painted nudes in the past. I will paint nudes again, and they probably won't end up on Tumblr because Tumblr's going to flag them. So I'll put them on my website, you know, jawsblakeblog.com. It has always done me well. We just, we keep making stuff and going for it. And then, like I said, working on that book (laughs) and all the things that are happening with that. It's an interesting life we live to be creative and try and dance past everything. To hop on that surfboard, ride into the ocean, and then keep going out further and further into the deep. And there's stuff under us, and there's stuff above us, and there's stuff beside us. We just have to keep steadying the course. It's not how surfing works, but still. I don't know, man. I want to make sure everything that I do works. Sometimes I just think I'm just making stuff. Like I said, I'm just making to be making on many occasions. I'm I'm that spirit lingering in the wind. That's me. Well, I feel like I've rambled enough for this episode. <laughs> so I want to say thank you to everyone who loves my podcast and has supported it so far. This has been episode, I believe, 54. I don't remember what episode this is. That's not a good sign. This is episode 56. So, I hope you guys had a good time. Hope everything's well. Like I said, tell me your story on the in the uh, in the comments, yeah. <laughs> Alright guys, I love you. Ciao. Paint her out. Bye.